from your perspective and where you sit within Aurora Public Schools, what does 21st century learning look like? So as an EdTech coach and a teacher, um, I think it varies. Um, I don't think they're necessarily... Should it vary? Yeah. Okay. I don't think there is necessarily a specific um, look or answer to a 21st century learning. Um, if you want, it's, it is new education. It is different than what we're currently doing or have been doing. Different how? Um, in the way of, uh, if you look at current education as um, the Industrial Revolution education, okay. uh, university education, it has not changed, right? Uh, since man had the ability to write a scroll, <laughs> you, it has not changed. They stood in front and delivered the message, and the people sat and got, you know, God, you take anyone in history, drop them in a classroom, Ask them where are they? They could probably identify it as so a classroom. Some would say that Plato had a had a particular inquiry bent. Right. He asked lots of questions and sort of right. got people to discover things on their own. So there have been other have, threads yes, yes, uh, of education. But it's, it's, we could say it's one of the slowest moving entities, though. Okay. Um, and I still think that is in in general terms of today. Um, um, not necessarily in public education, but what drives public education is, is a lot of times in universities. Mm. The universities aren't changing uh, what they're looking for, the requirements, or what they want to mold into a future learning. Public education is not going to change. Because mm. we supply the college route, right? I mean, essentially that's where our kids are going. Are they college and career ready? Well, who drives that? Are the universities, right? Um, so I think what does 21st century look like? I think it's, it's, it's revolutionary. It's changing. It's, um, it's not focusing on necessarily the hard skills, but soft skills to go along with it. Um, um, and I think it, like I said, I think it varies. I still want my doctors and surgeons to be complete book nerds. I want them, I mean, throwing out a, a stereotype um, socially inept. I want them, you know, like, I want them to know their crap. Why? Um, because they, they should have um, the hard knowledge of that subject and more. So if they're working on my brain, I want them to know everything there is. I want to know, you know, I want them to know every single part of my brain, what it does, and all that. I want them to be a nerd, right? Um, but that doesn't mean you have. That's the case that you have to be successful in um, the real world. We don't have to make every student go through that path to be successful in the real world. Um, look at Google. Would they want someone to be maybe a nerd, or do they want someone that works well in teams, that's creative, that has that? open mindset to think outside of the box, right? So they might want someone with more, say, um, soft skills. Soft skills, you know, working. What's a soft skill? Collaborating with, uh, works well with others, plays well with others, something <laughs> that you're not necessarily gonna be able to give them um, an A to test all of their knowledge. Like, oh, you answered 90 out of 100 of these questions, right? We're gonna give you an A. No, it, it's it's the, real, the street skills, I don't know, street smarts, if you would, or something like that. Um, they may want someone to understand that to develop new projects, right? Or even, let's say, um, um, well, I mean, back, I mean, think of, think of the post-industrial revolutions. We need to set, send people to universities that could master these skills. That's what you needed to be successful in the world to do, right? Mm -hmm. Now we're into the new world of like internet technology. Those skills might not apply. The same skills might not apply to what we're doing today. And so I think that's where 21st century learning comes into. So 21st century learning to you is a little bit more about skills that previously have gone unidentified or there are different from what traditionally would have defined success in school. Right. 
Exactly. Do you think that there is a difference between 21st century learning and 21st century skills? Um, you know, that's a good question. I posted, I posted something like that on, on um, the board downstairs. That we have those, <laughs> those, those boards. Um, I can't remember the question exactly, but is it easier for a new age student to learn than an old age student, or you know, like an older student, a millennial child versus a uh, you know World War II vet or something like that? And the response I got back were interesting. It's like, no, they should both be able to learn the same, right? Because we still have that ability to learn. Um, but do the skills are are our brains different? Is a younger generation's brain different in the way it learns than ours? I don't know. And that's that's a good question. Um, it, it makes you think. Like, um, so is it different learning and teaching? Yes, yes. Um, as a teacher, um, I might not. I might have to look away from the traditional textbook of mm -hmm. white paper, black text. What what benefits are younger youth today? They prefer black, a dark background with some sort of neon text on it. So is it different? Yes, learning is different than teaching. Uh, and this is like the smallest of examples. Right, the smallest yeah. examples, like like reading patterns. How do me and you read? We read from left to right, top to bottom. How do our new children read? In a Z pattern. They scan the top, down the side, right? Because if they can't find it on a web page, where's everything on a web page? On the top banner or on the left side where all of the links are? That's how they read. So when they look at a textbook, what are they going to do? Same thing, you know, like, and this has been, you know, proven or studied. Um, so yes, I think there is a difference between 21st learning and teaching, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I need to adapt it, but how am I teaching? How do a lot of our teachers teach? The way that they were taught. And so, um, yeah, I think it's very important, especially with like ed tech and the jobs that we do. Um, as a teacher, you have to be a lifelong learner as well. So would you say that 21st century learning is much more about creating lifelong learners than it is about the actual learning happening in that particular classroom at that particular day? That's a good question. Um, I think it's both. I mean, I think it's creating the lifelong learner, but also making sure that learning is happening in that classroom that day. Hmm. Um, what do you think we have to do differently as folks who support teachers and leaders in order to make sure that 21st century learning shows up and that we can actually observe it and see it in our classrooms. And that's the, and that's the, that's a million dollar question right there. Um, and that's what I've thought about with being a tech coach. How do you quantify or qualify uh, the work that we do? How is it, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, you can't tie it back to a state standard. You can't say, oh, this classroom had a full set of Chromebooks versus this classroom did. They scored 10 points higher on this test than these guys didn't. You can't say that that was strictly because of technology. Um, to me, a technology is a tool. It's not the, it's not the end all be all. Um, the real, the real um, drive is the, the teacher itself, good teaching practices. And technology is a tool that they can use to enhance that. Make sense? Um, so I can't say whether or not this teacher could be a really good teacher and this teacher could be a really crappy teacher in the teaching methods and practices. That's the difference. Or it could be vice versa. This teacher without technology scored 20 points higher than this teacher. Why? Because of the teaching practices or the methods that they employed. So, so how do you quantify the use of technology in 21st century learning? I don't know. I mean, you know, like, 
it's, it's interesting. That's something you are still very much grappling. I am still grappling with, and I think it, I think it would be a huge factor for APS mm-hmm. um, to say to to do a study, to see a study, to say, look at what, or look at how much technology is impacting um, instruction. But how do you show that? And how do you do that? I don't know. And that would be my question, and you can put that in the bottom. Wait, say it again. So, what's your what's your question at the end? Um, what is or what are your who is questions? Um, how do you would you quantify? Would you quantify mm-hmm. the use of technology to drive student engagement and student achievement? Okay, how do you quantify? The use of technology to increase student engagement and achievement. Yes. Okay. Let me ask this question, and not as a response necessarily, but let me ask this question. Do you believe that you can be an effective 21st century teacher without the use of technology? Yes. Uh, Okay. Uh, Now I go back to your, I go back to your, um, your presentation that you gave when you interview. Mm-hmm. What is technology? Yeah. What does that mean to you know when you have your bag or that bag of the students? What what are you what are you considering technology? That cell phone, just that cell phone? Or are you talking you know a full access Chromebook um, in front of you? You know that. Um, I, I don't know. That question's hard. Um, I, I think technology. Oh God, I mean, technology is all around us. It's how do you choose to use it as a teacher? Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. So one of the things that's most intriguing to me about sort of those sticky points of can you be effective without technology? Can you increase engagement and achievement without the use of these specific tools? And I think it maybe goes back to what we're preparing kids for, right? Are we preparing them for... Uh, 21st century experiences that they are going to uh, have within their the workplace or within college uh, and and within their career, or are we preparing them for for something that they could be successful with here, but maybe not successful in those other spaces? And so I wonder if the the question then becomes, how is it that we can shift the expectation for ourselves and say, you know. I need to be able to not only prepare them for what is, but what is to come. And so um, if we are doing that, and this is sort of the last question that I'll ask, if we are preparing kids for what is to come, what does that look like in the classroom? 